Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything Sea of Thieves, from lore to PvP, to even what fish you can catch for the hunter's call. Please sit back, relax, and join me on this adventure. Welcome back to another episode of Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 33, I believe, if my count and my notes and my notebook are correct. I am Davram, and you are the wonderful listeners slash watchers if you're on the YouTube. And I apologize for no episode uh, last week. I do apologize for that. Um, quite frankly, the 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 news and things going on right now in Sea of Thieves is is very slow. I'm I'm sure many of you who are listening to this or play the game um and have spent any time on the seas right now, things are relatively slow. Uh you can if you watch streamers or things like that, you're noticing that there's a lot less things going on right now and quite frankly we kind of anticipated this with how the season progression system and the season um, is 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 going with Sea of Thieves and how the player base is fluctuating. And we're going to look at the player base here on a little bit because we haven't done that for, for a few moments. But uh, I first want to take a moment and turn to you, the wonderful community. And we're actually going to, uh, to look at two things from the community, one now and one a little bit later um, to, to discuss some stuff. But I first wanted to thank um, the folks who are taking the time to either like the YouTube videos, drop me a comment on the YouTube videos, um, and those folks out there listening on the podcasting services, thank you very much for dropping reviews, um, dropping the stars, uh, dropping comments. Um, quite frankly, I'm not quite sure how to check all of them. Um, the the BuzzFeed um, program that I use uh, to upload and, and that stores the Pirate Talk Radio podcast, it doesn't have a unified review system that I can see everything. So I know one that I can go to is Apple, and we do have three um, reviews that, that I just wanted to talk about and, and a little bit here. Um, I want to, again, appreciate everyone for leaving feedback, whether it's positive or negative. Um, I, I read anything that I can find out there, people talking about the show, in order to, one, make it better for you, the audience, but two, um, also to thank you guys and to let you know that I'm very humbled for those of you who have dropped the five stars, um, which there has been a lot of you. So thank you very much. And I do see that we have several uh, star ratings with no comment, which is absolutely fine. But if you if you feel um, um, inclined, please do uh, leave that comment. And also, I want to thank um, anyone who's been popping into my YouTube live streams. Um, uh, I, I know um, we've had at least one individual who's uh, popped up in chat that said he listens to Pirate Talk Radio and enjoys Pirate Talk Radio and actually came on over to the YouTube, Davram TV on YouTube, and watched uh, some of my live streams. I do a lot of uh, World of Warcraft live streams in the evenings on uh, weekends. So thank you very much for popping by, uh, letting me know how you felt about the the podcast and, and enjoying some more content that I put out there. So thank you. Thank you very much. So first off, I, I mean, uh, some of these folks, uh, their, um, their information is, is, I don't know, encrypted or whatever. So I can't really thank you by name, but the first one I would like to thank is Brody71708 dropped a five star. It's awesome. And I love it review on April 24th. Thank you very much, Brody, for those kind words. Much appreciative, my friend. And from Vamp of Vegas, Vamp of Vegas, on April 28th, dropping five stars. Once more tips. I'd love for you to be the hot spot for the latest broken items. Um, so now we have somewhere to go and rare uh, to see the impact when the view count continues to grow. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. And like I said, we're going to take a look at the player numbers and kind of dive into that um, in a little bit. Now, we do have someone who was, again, I'm very thankful for people leaving uh, a feedback. We do have a two-star review. I, I 
the 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 name is encrypted, so I can't really I, I don't know what it is. It's just a series of numbers. Uh, they said chill with the complaining just because they reused content for one event um, uh, doesn't mean you can forget all the original stuff that they have added. And you're absolutely correct. Um, that rare and sea of thieves has done a lot of original content in sea of thieves. In fact, there's a reason that we all play this game. We're all looking forward to the next new thing. We're all looking forward to the next beautiful art and the beautiful cosmetics. We're all looking forward to what's going to happen to flame heart, uh, where Wanda went stitcher Jim, what Duke's going to do. All that is original and amazing. Um, however, um, talking about reusing content for one event, well, they do that a lot and they do it quite frequently. They've done it multiple times in season two and basically all of season one, except for the actual season itself was all reused content. Um, sometimes it just went back a month or two or three months. Some of it went back a year, but at the end of the day, it was all reused content. And we can even look at something like the, the Fort of Fortune, right? That's all reused content. There's nothing new or original about that. They're using the same islands, the same forts, and they took the fort event and they took the um, the Ashen Winds event and they just slapped it together. Regardless if that's a new thing or not, um, regardless if it's a, a, a new threat on the seas or, or, or whatever it is, and the Fort of Fortune brought a lot of people um, and, and gave us some excitement for about a month. Now it's kind of dead and it's just like any other fort or Fort of the Damned. It didn't have lasting power, which is kind of what I said would happen with this event. People would go in, there would be lots of interesting and awesome um, fights and, and interactions with players, and then it would go away, uh, just like a lot of uh, a lot of the other events that, that they have brought in here. They don't have a lasting impact. Um, but to say that content wasn't reused wouldn't be accurate, uh, because quite frankly, it is all reused. They took the Ashen Winds and the Forts and they just slammed it together and say, hey, this is something new. Um, reusing the gold hoarder events, reusing the, um, a lot of the, a lot of the past stuff is something that rare and sea of thieves has, has done uh, from what I can understand. Now I didn't play in year one, but from what I understand from a lot of folks who played since beta, it's something that they've done since the dawn of this game. They keep bringing back old stuff and just recycling it. Now for players who've not experienced that before, you know, they may view me as complaining and bitching and all that stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, I've played this game now for two years. I've got other folks who've played since beta. And I can tell you the overwhelming feedback and feeling of us players who've played for an extended period of time is that rare, you're better than this. We've seen that you can come up with new and interesting things and you're just taking the easy, lazy approach. That's not to discredit the amazing and original events and amazing and original things that Rare has brought to this game and brought to the gaming industry in general. That's not to discredit that because they have done an amazing job of creating a great world with great stories, great characters, you know, memorable uh, player interactions. They, they've created an awesome place, an, a sandbox, as, as we can say, for us to create our own stories for our pirates. And that's great. And there, I will never discredit that. But what I will criticize, because again, the reason I do this podcast is one, I love Sea of Thieves, but a game that I used to put tens, 20, 30, 40 hours a week into playing, I'm now down to five hours a week. Again, I've got some other things that I'm doing and I've got some other things going on, but the will to log in and play like I used to play when things were fresh and they were bringing out fresh things, it, it's kind of gone because again, we're reusing a lot of the old stuff and, and quite frankly, the new events though cool are not exactly exciting, right? The gold hoard or for, for season two, the gold hoarder um, part of the Reaper versus the reward uh, world, the uh, um, uh, order of souls, the merchant, they were lackluster. They were, hey, go out and do what you have been doing and we'll give you a new cosmetic. It's nothing new. It doesn't drive the story at all. And quite frankly, it really didn't feel like Reapers versus the world at all because nothing in any of the three emissaries had to do with fighting the Reapers. It had nothing to do with PvP. And on the Reaper side of it, well, yeah, you got to go get flags, but 
let's be honest, there's a lot of ways to cheese that around, and I don't think there would have been any way that Rare could have put in there to encourage PvP or force PvP, uh, because, well, how their system works and how you can you could even do PvP on Alliance servers um, in order to get this, uh, get this done. So... Though I agree with the folk, uh, with with this gentleman or or gal who who put this in here, um, and I appreciate again you taking the time, um, to to add a review and and you know let me know how you felt about the podcast. I very much appreciate that. Um, but I am critical about the reuse of content because I love this game and I want this game to continue to succeed, or I should say I I want this game to go back to succeeding because it is not right now. It is it is not a successful game right now. Uh, and we will again, look at the player statistics, which back that up, um, here in a, in a few minutes. But again, I want to thank those folks, um, for their, their feedback. And if I continue to get more ratings and reviews, we'll dive back in, um, here in a few episodes. And, and again, I will thank you folks and respond to anything I can, um, here on the podcast. I also want to jump over. Wow. That really made me bright here on the YouTube. I also want to jump over and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, thank the folks who put in comments on YouTube. Um, now a couple of these <clears throat> comments, I'm going to actually the YouTube comments, I'm going to save for a little later in the show <clears throat> because I, they were questions and they were thoughts to our, what if our, what if series, um, that we did not too long ago about what if sea of thieves did something. Um, so we're going to look at those in a couple minutes and I'm going to respond to them. Um, as I did on, on YouTube, I, I typed up a little thing to them, but, um, as they followed my request, um, and dropping me a comment on the YouTube, um, for a, what if thing, we're going to dive into those and I'm going to tell you what I think, um, and why either rare should or should not do, um, their, their suggestion. But again, thank you for dropping comments, likes, et cetera, and feedback. I, I read it. I read it all. Um, if I can, I will respond to it. Obviously on the podcast reviews, I can't do much as far as responding to it. My Twitter, Davram TV, is always available, and you can reach me on email at davramgaming at gmail.com. So lots of ways to get in contact with me. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, anything you want for the show, please feel free to drop it there, or you can come check out the live stream on youtube.com slash TV on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, starting at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and chat me up in the chat. Even though I'm playing World of Warcraft, I have no problem talking about Pirate Talk Radio and Sea of Thieves. So let's turn to the player statistics, okay? Player statistics, <clears throat> we've noticed a trend, as we've talked about in many other episodes. I'm not going to dive into it too much here. We've noticed a constant trend from Sea of Thieves' launch on Steam of a declining player base, which has only ever been stemmed or a finger in the dam, if you will, or a, a bandage over a broken leg on when they announce some sort of cool, large scale event like season. We saw a large increase in player base on season one, but that player base quickly, and I mean quickly within a month trickled away, um, to numbers that were back in the bad area. Um, and then month two of the season, even worse. Uh, and we're seeing the exact same trend now with season two. And I'll tell you why season two, in my opinion, was a big disappointment. Um, not that there wasn't cool things to unlock, but it was a larger disappointment because the unlocks you got in season two were all reused aside from a couple things in the free version of the pass. <clears throat> Everything in the purchase version of the pass was something reused from the pirate emporium. So for folks who, um, who have everything, which I'm sure there's not many of us out there, but I'm sure there's quite a few of us out there. Why spend $10? We would love to give rare $10. Um, in order to support the game that we love for continued development. But why do we give you $10 when everything that is in the Plunder Pass, we already have, or we already have access to? Um, now, in the free Plunder Pass, um, there, the free version, there were quite a few new things. We got some sales, which look pretty cool. 
We got a tattoo, which a lot of people don't like, but I personally like it. The, the scale tattoo for the bicep. I personally think it's cool. Um, I really like the, uh, the tattoo, the, or sorry, the first of the, the scales were the scar, um, which a lot of people didn't like because it wasn't like poppy. It wasn't as big as like some of the other scars. I don't care. I thought it looked cool. I really like the design. It fit with the ocean deep theme. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but the tattoo I also thought was pretty cool with the big trident and the skull type thing. I thought it was really awesome. I've used both on my character. I, I think it adds a nice little subtle story item that you could you could role play with or build a story on. I thought both the on pirate cosmetics were really cool. I also have been observing and talking to people about the new outfit which was introduced or I guess expanded upon um, as pieces of it existed prior to the season, which is all the stuff about like gambling. It's got the cards and stuff um, in the hat. Again, not my style designed very well, but I've seen a lot of players, especially some veteran players using this as it fit with their pirate theme. But for me, when I look at this, there wasn't anything to generate revenue for Sea of Thieves. Sure, a lot of people obviously bought season two, um, but me, I didn't. And I buy everything. I buy everything when it comes to Sea of Thieves. I sink way too much money into this game, buying everything from the Pirate Emporium. But for me, $10, why? What was the purpose of me spending $10 on this season pass? It had no purpose because everything they're already in it, I already had. And they're not going to refund me ancient coins or give me ancient coins for the items that I already have. It's not built into the system. So me, someone who buys everything Sea of Thieves, I didn't spend any money this season pass, which my wallet greatly thanks me for. But for as far as supporting the game that I love, uh, I didn't do it. I just didn't do it. Yes, for those watching on YouTube, uh, this is a, um, a fake antler cup. It looks like an antler, but it's not real antler. Fits with my Viking persona. For you folks on the podcast, it's a, it's a Viking. I mean, it looks like a Viking cup, but it looks like it's been a hollowed out antler. It's pretty sweet. Sorry, side tangent. I know, but I keep taking a drink and the folks on the apps can't see that. So just thought I would describe that for you. A little visual ASMR, if you will. That doesn't make any sense, but in my mind it did. Sometimes what I say don't make sense, and that's fine. That wasn't good grammar. So if I look at season two as well, the speed in which you could complete season two, which much faster than season one. And I thought season one, now season one, I took very casually, right? I, I pretty much, it took me two and a half months to complete season one. Some folks had season one done within the first 24 hours. That's fine. Um, you know, they grounded out, they wanted everything that that's fine. I thought the cosmetics you got on, on both the free and the paid version of season one was great. Uh, there were a lot of reused items on there from the pirate emporium. I expect that, but I don't expect the entire past to be of that. So season one for me, I said it was a good start, but it was a little disappointing. I thought rare could have done better with it. Season two was a massive disappointment. First off, people were completing the season pass within five to six hours, which means it was quicker to do this time. Now, that might be because people figured it out in the first season, but if you're only providing folks um, a, a seasonal update, which is supposed to last them three whole months, and they're getting it done in five to six hours, what is the, why log back in? Why, why continue to log in, right? Apex Legends, Fortnite, other games with season passes, they make sure the experience that it takes to get you leveled up is going to require you to log in at least a few times a week to do that. Now, some people out there don't like that because it requires them to be dedicated to something where they could use their time for other stuff. And that's fine. I don't think season passes should be designed so that every single person can get it done or even the majority of people should get it done. I personally think season passes should be designed that if you play, you get stuff. But if you are a dedicated player to the game, you get everything. It just requires you to continue to play. And I think that's absolutely fair, especially if you're paying for it. Now, Sea of Thieves obviously has a free version. Most uh, people out there have a free version. 
you're getting new and exclusive, exclusive cosmetics. Sea of Thieves is not giving you exclusive cosmetics. They're giving you cosmetics that you can get later through, um, through commendations. So what is really the point of the season pass? Because it's not keeping players engaged. So I'm hoping we've got two weeks left. I think I wrote in my notes. Yep. Two weeks left in season two. So if you're a listener out there who, who doesn't have the time to play as much as someone like me, I would suggest getting on and I would suggest finishing up your season pass if you haven't already done it because you have two weeks before the season passes over. Now, if you don't get it done, just like season one, most of that stuff is going to show up um, under accommodations and things like that. Um, But if you want to get it now, you're going to want to log in and finish your season pass. The other thing, obviously, is the event going on Reapers versus the world 11 days, 11 days left on Reapers versus the world. So if you haven't gotten all that, um, done. I believe I'm completely finished except for maybe the title on it, which is the flags. I, I don't think I have all my flags done. Uh, PVP has been kind of slow recently and I'm not a server hopper. So my, my chances to get a lot of flags are, are limited. Um, especially since a lot of folks, again, the revamp of the emissary system was absolutely amazing. Added a lot of opportunities to get flags. Um, I, I hope you all got your rewards. I hope you all did well in the uh, emissary ledgers that you were hoping for. Um, I, like the crazy Sea of Thieves player I am, I maxed out all the emissary ledgers, so I made sure I got all my rewards, um, but definitely took a lot of time uh, to do that. Um, yeah, that's it's a, it's, a, whew, it's a lot of time and a lot of Merchant Alliance voyages, you know? You know what I mean, Merchant Alliance voyages? A lot of sunken ships. Um. But there's not really anything that's holding the players here. As we're coming two weeks left in the season, obviously you should expect players to not be on the seas as much as most people have the season pass completed. But this absence on the sea has been noticed now for probably the past month to month and a half. Um, obviously, uh, I, I have friends and I have access to several Alliance discords, just so again, since I'm reporting the news, Um, on Sea of Thieves, I try to keep up on those just to kind of see where they're going. Alliance Discord servers right now, Alliance servers are going ham. And I'm talking the really big mama's honey-baked ham that gets slammed down and almost breaks the kitchen table on Thanksgiving. The Alliance servers are booming right now, are absolutely booming. People getting those emissary ledgers done. People getting the Reapers versus the world stuff done. And again, there's nothing wrong with Alliance servers. It's not something that I personally prefer. Um, I've played on them before, but it's not something that I personally prefer. And again, Rare is, as they've admittedly said, keeping an eye on how Alliance servers are affecting the content that they're putting out there. And if they get to a point that they're not happy with, they are going to do something about Alliance servers on the development side so that Alliance servers are either harder to do or are impossible to do, which I know will, will anger and affect a lot of players. But at the end of the day, it's not your game. It's Rare's game. Um, and they're going to do what they feel is correct um, in the development process. Doesn't mean we can't criticize. Doesn't mean we can't yell. Doesn't mean we can't stamp our feet. Doesn't mean we can't put the middle finger up in the air because Joe Neat is not listening to me and giving me a shrouded ghost. It doesn't what it means. It just means that we can talk about it. And I've got more things to say on the podcast. But when season two launched, Sea of Thieves saw a 74% increase in their average player base up from March. March's uh, uh, peak player base in March was 22,000 players. Peak in April was 46,000 players. Now, because of the Emissary Ledger, which was an intelligent an intelligent revamp by Rare in Season 2, they were able to hold on to that peak player base longer than they did in Season 1. In Season 1, they lost 30% and 30% over the course of the season. They, they started the season at peak 52,000 players on Steam. This is not including Xbox. I always have to say that because people yell at me because I use the Steam statistics and it's an Xbox-centric game. Look, we all know trends in business. If this is what we're seeing in Steam, we're seeing the same damn thing on Xbox. 
at me. I don't care. I've already had this discussion with Falcor, and I'll have this discussion again with Falcor. Falcor, if you ever listen to the podcast, please hit me up. I'd love to have you on the show. Um, because I think we could have a lot of fun. Um, so, so yeah, but you're wrong, Falcor. Just like the ice zone, you're wrong. Mm. Falcor. Shrouded Ghost was, is, is a lie. I'll agree with you on that. So 52,000 peak season one dropped in one month to 27,000 and month two dropped 22,000. So, you know, over average player base, 30% dropped, 30% drop. Season two kicks off. They don't quite hit where they were in season one, which indicates a dying game. As the new content hits, you should be able to top the last content hit, right? That shows that you're growing. That shows that you're exciting players to come back. That shows that you're encouraging new players to join. You didn't quite hit it here in season two. 46,000 was your peak, but it was a 74% increase in your average player base. One month into season two, you're down almost 30% again, but your peak player base is still at 43,000. Why? Because the emissary ledger system after about a year of its release and how it was supposed to be is finally hitting where it's supposed to be, which is every couple months, the reward cycle, which means players have to come back and redo the emissary ledger grind, which is great because that is bringing players back to the game and it is continuing to have players play in order to unlock the ledgers. Not every player has the time to unlock all, what is it? Uh, the Merchant Alliance, Order of Souls, Gold Hoarder, Reapers. That's four if my fingers work right. So that's eight rewards if you max them out, right? Not all players have the time and the energy to get all eight rewards in the first month. So it makes sense to keep the rewards the same for a couple months to allow the players to focus on one. Oh, and Athena's Legend. So that's 10 items. I forgot Athena's, right? How did I forget Athena's? That's like some of the coolest stuff. Although that pistol was pretty dumb. The sword looked cool. The pistol was dumb. No one likes the ghost pistol. Okay, if you like the ghost pistol out there, drop me a line. Okay, here, here, we'll do this. If you like or dislike the ghost pistol, that is the pistol that comes apart that looks like a little freaking uh, uh, flashlight in your hand. Tell me in the comments on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter at Davram TV on Twitter or email me davramgaming at gmail.com and tell me why you like or hate the design of the ghost pistol. Okay. Because I'll tell you why I don't like it. One, there's no iron sights. Crap. Although if you're really good at shooting the flintlock, you don't need iron sights. That's beside the point. There's no iron sights. Two, way too much glow. And three, it's broken apart and there's all those moving bits on it. Way too distracting. That's why I hate it. And I like green and black. So I was excited for the ghost set, except when it came out, I had a whole bunch of flashlights. It was like I was playing Sea of Thieves at some rave. You know, it was kind of kind of weird. But that's why I don't like it. Tell me in the comments or let me know on, on any of the, the media that I told you, I won't repeat it again, why you like or dislike the ghost pistol. And I'll talk about it and why some of you are right and some of you are wrong on a future episode called The Ghost Pistol and why you're wrong. So we had a 30, uh, a 30% roughly decrease in May, um, which was a month in. Um, and right now for June, right now for June, they are trending about the same. Their, their average player base is up in June, which surprised me actually, because there's nothing new in June. Except again, Reapers versus the world, but that's been going on for a while. So I'm kind of interested in the numbers of why their player base, the average player base is up almost 2000 players and their percent gain is about 13% in average players. Their peak players are the same right now. Again, we're only what? 10 days, <laughs> 11 days into June. So there's definitely time for that to adjust, but you know, we're going to hit season three um, in, in July. So I'm anxious to see wh where this trend goes as June continues, because it's not the season pass that's bringing people back. It's sure as hell not rare fixing bugs because those are still God awful. Historic weapon accuracy is still awful. Barrel issues 
Um, there, there's, oh, the bugs are just bad. Okay. The bugs are bad though. Some are better. Most of the bugs and exploits are at an all time ridiculous high right now. It's really crazy and, 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 and insane that you can go onto YouTube and find Twitch and sea of thieves partners, not showing you how to like get around or beat a bug or beat an exploit, but literally showing off the bug and exploit and how bad it is. Like talk about just a slap in the face and a kick in the testicles. Okay. Your partners, rares partners are literally on YouTube making money, creating content, showing off the worst features of your game, bugs and exploits. That's not a good look. That's not a good look. And it's also not solving the issue to stop people from X bucketing, to stop people from X shooting, to stop people from, from all the other exploits, jumping through the window, grabbing the ladder, things that you're not supposed to do X shoveling things that you're not supposed to do. Your content creating partners are literally showing them off on their channels and with high subscriber numbers, high view numbers. They're showing this stuff off, which is increasing it, not making it better. Okay. So I'm anxious to see why the average player base has actually went up in the final month here of the season pass. It's a very interesting statistic. And I don't know why, because there's nothing new. There's no new events and the seas actually feel dead to me. Um, but not a bad thing for rare to hang their hat on. Not a bad thing to hang their hat on because they have yet to have a, a period where their seasons have had an upward turn, right? They start high and then they drop low. Season two is actually possibly showing an upward turn, which again, doesn't make any sense to me because there was nothing new about season two. And in my opinion, it was a, a bigger disappointment than season one. So I'm very interested to see and, and to learn a little bit more on why we're getting a little upward tick now. Since the game released on Steam, they have only had one quarter, so a three-month span, where they actually gained players month after month after month. And that was November, December, January. So that was the hype going into Season 1. That's the only time that they have actually had three months of gain. In fact, that is the only time since it launched on Steam that they had consecutive month gains. I'm not just talking three months in a row where they added players. I'm talking just two months in a row when they added players. The only time they've done that was November, December, January, 2020 to 2021. That is the only time they've hit that. So to see a season now that I thought was a giant disappointment actually show that they might finish the season strong. It's a good sign for rare, but I don't know why. Maybe if you have an idea of why the player base, let me know again on all the social things in the comments, why you think month two of season two dropped, but now it's starting to rebound and come up to a positive for rare at the end of season two. Maybe it was the Reapers versus the reward world event. Maybe it was that it was a time locked event that unlocked bits and pieces as you went on and it's got 11 days left. Maybe that was what brought people back. I don't know, but I know the seas have felt dead, but the numbers don't show that. I know a lot of content creators and things like that have been complaining about the dead seas. But again, the numbers don't show that it sure as hell, not the Fort of fortune because the Fort of fortune used to be when it first came out for the first couple weeks, it was out. Players were flocking to it and making, it was really cool interactions. Now the Fort of fortune is actually despawning like anything else. So it's not the Fort of fortune. The only thing I can think of is the Reaper versus the, the, the world. And even that event wasn't really PVP centric, right? Wasn't really PVP centric. I guess the title 
Um, if you, if you, in order to get the title at the end, you're going to have to get flags, which is PVP centric, but it's really interesting. So let me know what your thoughts are on why <coughs> we're seeing a rebound, an increase in players as we're ending season two and preparing for season three. Before we talk about season three, I do want to mention, though I'm not going to throw out an ad for you to buy some coffee uh, today, but you can always check out the link in the show notes for Death Wish Coffee, which is the coffee that I drink and love, and you can get 15% off if you use the link. I'm not going to go into the coffee discussion here, but I do want to take a moment and let you know that every year I work with a charity. And this charity is called Extra Life, and it is a charity that helps generate money for children in hospitals so they can pay for their medical expenses. It helps pay for gaming systems to help ease their stress and pain while they're there. It helps pay for medical equipment, um, leading-edge medical equipment, and it, quite frankly, pays for living expenses for their families uh, to be there at the Children's Miracle Network hospitals. This is my, I believe, eighth year. Um, and we have generated as a community from my streaming and everything, thousands of dollars uh, for this charity. And in the show notes today, and in the show notes moving forward for the rest of the year, will be a donation link for you to click on and donate to help children pay for their medical expenses. It's okay, I understand. If you're unable to donate, I know it's been rough out there with COVID and everything, but just think about how rough it is on some of these low-income families who are unable to pay for health care on their children. So if you would like to donate, again, the link will be in the show notes below. And in November, we do our large streaming event, which will be me streaming for 24 hours to raise money for charity. My goal this year is to raise $5,000 for extra life. We did it not last year. I don't think last year. No, we did it two years ago. And I think we can do it again now that COVID is starting to pass. So if you would like to help children pay for their health care, if you would like to help families through a really tough time, click that link below. If you can only give a dollar, give a dollar. If you can give more, thank you very much. I work with these children throughout the year. They're absolutely bright lights and they're wonderful souls, but they need help. So if you're able to, thank you very much. And now we'll talk about season three. So season three, I can tell you right now, I do play on insiders. What I can also tell you, I can't talk to you about what I've seen on insiders. What I can say though is season three is not on insiders which means it's not done yet, or at least it's not to a point that they want to put it out there for testing, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. I don't necessarily think they need to. I honestly don't think that season three, I don't think the trials are going to change. I think it will be harder to level. That's my speculation. Again, it's not on insiders, at least... When I checked last week and played my hour last week and did our testing last week, it wasn't there. <clears throat> I haven't done my hour this week. So if it's there and you guys are listening to this and you're saying, Davram, you're full of shit, it's 100% there. Well, it's just because I haven't logged in and played my hour this week. <clears throat> but I think Rare has listened to enough feedback on the seasons. And I think next season, season three, is going to be the season that they said on their podcast will be the first season that us as players we'll start to see our feedback take form in the game. Now, some of the feedback we've seen is not enough original events. We've seen the feedback of your time-limited events are not good. We've seen the reused content uh, battle, which we talked about, and, and we had a viewer leave feedback on that that we talked about earlier. So there's been a lot of feedback that the community has been providing Rare and they said that season three and season four are going to be the first seasons where we start to see some of that feedback come in. So my anticipation for season three is it's going to be harder to get to, to 100. I don't think it's going to be a huge step up, but I do think it's going to be harder than season two. It's going to be harder than season one. Um, I, I think some players are going to be expecting it to be a quick grind five to six hours 
My guess is those folks who completed the, the grind in five to six hours, I think it's going to take them about a week, maybe two weeks. Um, I still think that's a little fast, in my opinion. I think those players who grind it out within the first day, I think a hard grind should take them a month to get it done. And for the average player, two months. And for the player who doesn't have a lot of time, three full months um, of playtime to get it done. I think that's fair. I don't think it should be these hardcore players like myself or how I used to play or, or streamers who are playing eight hours, 12 hours or more a day. I don't think it should take them three months to get it. Why? Because then the, the average person or the, the person who just plays casually will never get it done. And that's not fair. And that's not how rare designs this, but I do think it needs to be extended a little bit. So I think we are going to see a difficulty increase in the season pass. I don't think they're going to change the season pass to a point where if I just go out and sail a mile, I'm not going to get experience. I just think that experience is going to be diminished. And I honestly think what they should do is add a, a tiered system, right? PVP gives you this much experience. Doing a world event gives you this much experience. Selling a mile gives you that much experience, like a really little bit. But like PVP and world events, they give you a lot of experience, <clears throat> like encouraging those player interactions, right? Sinking a boat gives you a lot of experience, right? Taking part in the, the Fort of Fortune gives you a lot of experience. Selling a mile doesn't give you a lot of experience. Doing a gold hoarder mission doesn't give you a lot of experience. <clears throat> I think they should reward the experience in a tiered system that encourages more player interaction. Maybe it's alliances, maybe it's PVP, whatever it is, they should tier the experience of the season pass in a way that it encourages you to go out and either meet new people to play with or destroy them. And both of those are absolutely fine, <clears throat> but everything should not be equal and sailing a mile should not give you a crap ton of experience. And, and quite frankly, it does right now. I mean, you could just set your boat in a course to sail around the seas in a circle and you could complete your season pass. I think that needs to be cut off. <clears throat> Once you get so much experience, chop it off. They could do that with the trials. The only way to get experience for the season pass is complete the trials. I think a lot of the trials need work. Um, obviously, we don't want to have to sit there and do Shores of Gold every season, right? Unless you really love Shores of Gold. Quite frankly, a couple weeks ago, I did it five times. And really, I don't ever want to see the Shores of Gold for quite some time. So I, I think some of the trials need revamped. I think some of the trials should be repeatable, like killing a player, sinking a, a enemy player ship, um, doing the Fort of Fortune. Those should be repeatable, I think. But sailing a mile, after you sail 10 nautical miles, it should stop giving you experience, right? Stuff like that. I don't think you should get experience for turning in every single piece of loot. You should get experience for turning in every piece of stolen loot, right? And, and try to encourage players to interact with each other, either in a PVP sense or an Alliance PVE sense. Um, but I think, I think something like that, I don't think we're going to see that in this season. I would like to see something like that in this season. I don't think we're going to see that in season three, but I do think it is going to be more challenging to level up your season pass in season three. I think we're going to see at least one or two exclusive cosmetics. That was something that a lot of people complained and I talked at, at length about as far as feeling like my time is valuable. And I'm not talking about gold or doubloons or ancient coins. I'm not talking about um, you know, a free new set of gear. What I'm talking about is if I'm paying you $10. I want $10 worth of value for my $10. And they have yet to do that on either of the season passes. I think in season three, <coughs> excuse me, though, we're not going to get to the full $10 worth of value. I think we're going to get close. And I'm not talking about value. If we're talking about old cosmetics that are still on the Emporium. I'm talking about new things or retired things that we haven't seen for a while come back. We've already rolled the black market into the normal vendors. I think we're going to see in season three, or I would like to see in season three, I hope we see in season three, 
that the $10 battle pass is actually worth $10 and not a load of horse shit like it has been. So I'd like to see that. New Tall Tale. Not in season three. Not in season three. Um, I don't think, though I think we're due for a new Tall Tale, and though I think we should get a Tall Tale in season three, I don't think we're going to see a Tall Tale. We might see one by the end of the year. I don't think we're going to see a new Tall Tale in season three. The game is ready for it. We've we've been without a new Tall Tale for quite some time. Um, but I don't think it's coming in season three. It, it, the game is just not revved to a point where we're going to see it in season three. I think the story is to a point where we need some closure, right? We need to know what Duke is out there rambling about, about mermaids and stuff like that. We need to know that. We need to know what is happening with Flameheart, right? Flameheart had his generals out here right? And the Ash and Wind event. Now he's here talking shit from the sky in his big, ugly head. Now all of a sudden his generals are on forts. It is leading up to something explosive, some ending, right? We are waiting for that ending. We've got some debris at, at, at outposts. We're, we need to, like, that's been there. We need to know. We've got a lot of open questions that Rare has not answered for us. And I don't think all of those are going to be answered through a tall tale. And I think we might get one answer in season three. I hope we get, might get one answer in season three. None of the answers or none of the things that I'm speculating are on insider. So it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, giving you some sort of scoop that I'm not supposed to, because I respect NDA. I don't know. There's a lot of things that we've tested, but at the end of the day, what is in the live game right now is what I'm talking about. And there's a lot of open hanging branches that we need some foliage on it, right? We need these trees to finally grow. The seeds have been planted. We've got a little bit of a, a diddle hopper coming out. We need to know what this tree is. What is Duke talking about? What, what we've got these crappy mermaids that, that give us away when we're trying to board ships. We've got these crappy mermaids that don't return us to our ship. We've got shit talker in the sky. When are we going to banish him again? Or are we going to finish him off for good? We've got this, the, the, the hinting of the, um, I keep wanting to say East India trading company, but it's not. And I can't think of their name now. We've got that out there that's been speculated by um, Lorena. We have this planks and stuff on the outpost. We've got so much just open-endedness. And we need some sort of closure in season three, at least on one of those branches. Do I want all of them to be closed in season three? No. I want some of this stuff to be hyped up a little bit more. I want some more mystery in here. We've got these Reaper runes that are circulating around the internet. The Flameheart Jr., the Silver Blade. We've got so many of these open-ended questions out there, and I want some of them to remain open. I want some of the void, these open pieces of the... I want them to open them up more. Really make us think. Really drive the conversation. Let us speculate more on some of these items. But some of them, let's get some closure to, Right. We're, we're almost to a point where we have so many open-ended questions and so many speculation items that it's just sometimes becoming a little overloaded and it feels like things aren't complete. It feels like maybe Rare is putting stuff in too early, right? And that's what the feeling I'm starting to get on some of this stuff because some of it's been out there for a while, right? Flameheart's been out there for a while. The, the debris on the, um, on the outposts have been out there for a while. We've heard about the East India Trading Company what uh, Maritime Union. We've heard about the Maritime Union for a while now. Like, I feel like some of these tidbits have been put in a little too early. Right? Duke has been island bouncing throughout all of Season 2. Part of Season 1, maybe. Let's put some closure to some of these, but blow some of them open some more. So I think we're going to get some closure in season three on something. Um, I don't think it's going to be a new tall tale though. I think, I think we're due a new tall tale this year, but I'm going to guess season four at the, 
I would say season four is when we get the new tall tale. Um, so those are kind of my three predictions, uh, for season three. So, um, better value on the $10 plunder pass, um, closure on some of the open-ended items, um, that we have no new tall tale. Those are my three predictions. Oh, and, uh, it takes longer to level. Those are my four predictions, uh, for season three. Let me know what your predictions are, uh, or what you would like to see in season three, but I am holding rare to the fire. I'm holding them highly accountable on season three because we've provided them a lot of feedback on lots of different media um, and lots of different ways um, to say, we want seasons changed and here's what we would like. So they told us that this is going to be the season that we start seeing some of these changes. I want to see some change. And I want to see some of these bugs to be fixed as well. Stop focusing on the content as much. Give us some bug fixes along with content. Don't stop the content, but give us some bug fixes and start using these in-between patches, not for crappy reused content or boring content that, you know, doesn't last for very long. Actually take some time to put in a three-month season pass that keeps people busy So you then have the time in order to fix some of these outstanding bugs um, and exploits. All right. The next thing that I want to touch on here on my notes is E3. This is going to be really quick. There's not going to be anything Sea of Thieves in E3. I know a lot of people want it. I would love to see it. But my hypothesis is nothing from Sea of Thieves at E3. There you go. Nothing. They might hype up their new MMO, Rare's new MMO, but there's not going to be anything Sea of Thieves. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Make sure if you do have Amazon Prime, uh, you are going over to twitch.tv. Um, linking up your Amazon Prime account and getting your freebies uh, because freebies are coming out every so often. I know they've put the Baron Bird Cannons out there for free if you have Amazon Prime and it's linked with your Twitch account. Uh, They've also done the Ruby Splashtail Wheel. Um, So those are out there and there are a lot more rewards to come over the next couple weeks and months. So make sure if you have Amazon Prime, um, you're going over there to Twitch, linking the accounts up, and um, claiming your freebies. Now, let's get over to the community comments on YouTube. So I'm going to go all the way back over to the What If series, um, which was one we did, I think an episode we did, I think it was episode 25. So several months ago, um, Maddock Pearson (coughs) writes, What if Flameheart had a physical form eventually, and you could fight him along with his Ashen Lords in a big dungeon in the Heart of Fire. My response, of course, was kind of trolly, and I said, I feel your supplies might be dwindling. Personally, I've talked about this a couple times with some friends. I've also mentioned um, this on stream. I think that the Flame Heart closure, whenever we get that, I think the Flame Heart closure should be a combination of the Flameheart water battle, the Ashen Lord fight, and a new phase where we actually fight Flameheart that's different than all the other Skeletal Lords. So I think this is a great suggestion um, from Maddock, uh, Maddock Pearson. I think this is a great suggestion here. Um, I would love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. This would only be successful, though, if the final phase when you're facing Flameheart is something that is not like any of the other Skeletal Lords. I don't know if it's going to be an improved um, AI fighting system. I don't know if he's going to have some different abilities. But if I have to fight another Ashen Lord that has raised skeletons and slam, I'm going to absolutely lose my mind. There are too many. Oh, it's just it's ridiculous. Stop reusing it. Co-hire someone from the uh, the World of Warcraft raid team 
and have them design you an actual boss encounter that's actually challenging and is not slam the shit on the ground and raise skeletons. Come on. You're more creative than that. But Matic uh, Pearson, thank you very much for that YouTube comment. And I agree with you. I think a big dungeon in the Heart of Fire uh, where we uh, we finally beat some Ashen Lord's faces and beat Flameheart himself. I think that's a great, a great idea. Thank you for that comment. Also, um, from our What If series, again, from Matic Pearson, another comment here. Thank you again for two comments. Is there, or I wish there was a tall tale around Athena's fortune that was exclusive to Pirate Legends. Now, Rare has never shied away from Pirate Legend exclusive stuff. I think it's cool. Um, honestly, I think they need to up the, um, the, the criteria to become Pirate Legend. Um, I know it's kind of like the legacy thing, right? You get to 50 and, and three of the, the factions and you get Pirate Legend. I think it needs to be increased. I think it needs to be brought refreshed and brought to the modern age a little bit. Um, but I agree. I think a cool tall tale surrounding Athena's fortune would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we don't have that yet. We obviously have the original, uh, series of tall tale following the magpie's wing, um, following the crew of the morning star, um, and in fo following the, the quest of the shores of gold, where again, we find the pirate Lord, uh, hop, uh, you know, happy and jolly and giggling and, and, you know, telling us a, a nice little story. Um, spoiler alert. If you haven't uh, done that yet, if you haven't done that yet, go check it out. It's a really cool cutscene at the end of shores of gold. And then we've got the flame art series. Um, I think it would be really cool to have some sort of Athena fortune series, uh, surrounding maybe the pirate Lord himself, maybe learning more about him. Um, obviously you've got the Athena's fortune book. Um, which now, if you're not aware, has an audiobook version. So if you're like me and sometimes struggle to concentrate and sit down and read a book, it is now on audio version. I can tell you right now, it is downloaded. I just have not had the time with the crazy work schedule that I've had in order to uh, listen to it. Um, but I, I think a really cool Tall Tale series, because a lot of the players, I would say 99% of the players that play Sea of Thieves don't have the book and have probably never heard of the book. Maybe have heard of the audio book now, but I think a cool Athena's fortune series of tall tales revolving around the pirate Lord and his story, I think would be really cool. And again, exclusive to pirate legend, totally down with it. As I said in the comments, I dig it. Thank you. Mad doc Pearson for another comment and great suggestion on our what if series. This next one um, comes from David. Um, this was on our episode 30, The Fort of Misfortune. David writes, maybe event difficulty should scale with server population size or even number of players in proximity. I think David is on to a great point uh, in order to make some of these events more challenging. Um, some players feel that the events as they are right now are challenging enough. I would disagree with them heavily. Um, I think the events that Rare has are way too easy. Uh, even the Fort of Fortune, it is way too easy. It's just ridiculously long and tedious. Um, but um, what I would have to say and what I commented back to David is you have to be very careful if you're going to increase difficulty based on players in proximity. And that is because Rare and Sea of Thieves have embraced the Tuckers. They have embraced those folks who put on the black and think they're invisible and they hide somewhere. Those players are in proximity of that fort, i.e. if skeletons got aggro on them, they would walk to the shore, shoot at them, whatever it may be. But it would increase the difficulty of the fort for the players doing the fort to a point where those players might be frustrated because, again, there, let's say that was a, a sloop crew, two players and a galleon crew is tucked. So the fort would be effectively at a scaled uh, difficulty of six players, but only two of them doing it. So it'd be very, very cautious if we do it based on player proximity as, um, it could be very frustrating for players. Um, not only is, is getting tucked on 
um, getting blown up after you do all that work, etc. Extremely frustrating for newer players or players who, who don't necessarily engage in PvP. Though that is a frustrating experience for them, making the PvE harder based on the number of players in proximity, that for me would be a no. Um, though I like the idea of making events harder on some level, I don't think player proximity is it. Population size of the server, again, you have to be careful because as of right now, there is nothing encouraging players to go do events, work together or fight over events. We saw it a little bit with the Fort of Fortune, but again, it's kind of died away. You're not getting as many great battles um, and, and great player interactions around the Fort of Fortune now that we've had it out for a couple months. Um, so if you're increasing the, the difficulty based on the amount of players on the, um, the server, what it could then do is make events even less likely to be done because players don't want to do the added challenge just to potentially get dumpstered um, at the end anyways. But I think David has a great point in that we need, Rare needs to look at ways to make the events more challenging. And yes, for some players, the events are already hard enough, but quite frankly, they're not. They're quite easy. I've soloed forts more times than I can count without dying a single time. It's just not that challenging. Maybe the answer is looking at the AI behind skeletons and bosses. Maybe it is a revamp of boss, um, boss mechanics, making the actual bosses do more than just slam the ground and that kind of stuff. I don't know. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see the AI be smarter, the AI be more challenging. I would like to see the bosses have revamp mechanics. Um, I just think in general, Rare just needs to look at the PVE aspect of the game and make it more challenging, um, which for some players, it might be a little frustrating, but I think for the majority of players, including the players out there who, who are PVP players and views the PVE as just an annoyance, stupid, easy, frustrating part of the game, I think if you made the AI more intelligent, made it more interesting and interactive, I think that players may lessen that, oh, PvE is just so toxic and stupid. I think that might be where we need to look. Now, does Rare have the uh, resources or the people in order to do that? I would say probably not uh, because they can't even fix their long-term bugs. Um, but David, I think you're onto a great point there. I do think the PVE specifically around events does need to be changed. It does need to be more challenging. I just don't think that population size or players in proximity is the answer. Though we do have on the tall tale, if you do Briggsy or Gray Marrow, it does scale based on your crew size. So that might be something to look at. A fort would be easier. Um, it scales down if a sloop is um, there but would scale up if you're in a brig or a galleon. Or the fort has a adjustable scaling system where if you start it as a sloop and a brig enters the area, something is announced, like Flameheart announces, that another crew has entered the area. Hey, Tuckers, sorry, it's against you, but it would be cool. It would also help new players understand that there's an enemy that has entered the proximity of the fort and they should probably be careful. The boss or something announces that another crew has entered the area, which the difficulty would then increase and the players would understand that it's harder because there's more players in the area. That, that I would be for. However, just silently increasing it based on player proximity and also population size, I don't think is a very good idea. Um, just because it would make things frustrating for the players doing the fort and probably make some of the events just not done more so than they're already not done. But guys, thank you very much as always for listening. If you would like to support the broadcast, you can always go over to youtube.tv and in the description um, of my streams or in the show notes below in the comment section or whatever you want below the video, there are ways to support me, including just tips. There are also the, the Patreon there, which we have several tiers of monthly support if you would like to support us there and the rewards that you get. Um, but always, thank you very much for listening. Continue to listen. Continue to drop the feedback. Continue to engage with me. Join the Discord. 
if you would like to talk to me a little bit more one-on-one. But guys, it's absolutely a blast every single week that I can do this and seeing the comments and folks reaching out to me. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you very much for making this possible for me and enjoying the content. Take care of yourselves, be safe, and take care of others. We will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.